0: You're back. You're back and you're you're just as French as I've ever seen you. We oui, oui. uh I had such a great time in Montreal and in uh Tremblant with Michael's family. Mm-hmm. You know, we are out on lakes, we were paddle boarding, uh, we were having amazing mm. dinners. We just had the best time. The best, best time. But Fantastic. Very happy to be home, fantastic. very happy to be, uh, yeah. you know, recording in the home studio as opposed to, you know, sitting on a bed in Michael's parents' house, as I did last week.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How are you? Happy to have you back. Doing fantastic. Summer is, you know, nearly over, which we don't love. Um, the new Lord album, I'm staunchly pro. I know it's a little
0: bit controversial. I happen to love it. Have you, have you had a chance to dive in? I've heard some moments of it and loved what I heard. Michael's very into it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it play great. throughout the house at various times. And I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a good pair
1: of headphones. There's a lovely guest appearance, a spoken word guest appearance from a favorite. I'm not going to spoil it at the end of a song called Secrets from a Girl Who's Seen It All, oh. which is my favorite track on the album. Um, it's, uh, it's great. Highly recommended. Homophilia approved. Lord, solar power, get involved. Um, you know who else has music coming out into the world? She broke out onto the scene with the
0: single Outside In. However, an EP is imminent from Tia Coffee. Tia Coffee from UK's Drag Race. Uh, one of the most Uh, iconic queens, uh, definitely from the UK world uh, in my book of all time. Yes. Yeah, truly, I was such a fan from the very,
1: very beginning. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm such a fan. I can't believe we got her. Uh, she is uh, leaving tomorrow for uh, for Manchester Pride.
0: If you happen to be in the area, go check her out. Go check her out and make sure you um, pre order her EP, which is called Part One: The Damage. That's Tia Coffee. Uh The music is so, so good. She is so, so great. So without further ado,
2: here is our chat with Tia Coffee. Tia Coffee, where are you? I'm in Clapham. Clapham. Yeah, South London. Beautiful. How was your day? My day? Well, I got sent six donuts by... Uh, my friend Callum and something wrong because I've been really sad. <laughs> and then, oh no! Yeah, but it's cute though. They've sent me like some little gorgeous donuts over here to just cheer me up. What, what gorgeous donuts, right? And did they do the trick? Well, I haven't like dug into them yet, cause I was like, Well, actually, there's nothing more depressing than me sitting and eating six donuts by myself. So I'm gonna wait for my housemate to come home. Okay. And then just have a gorgeous time. Maybe watch a film. Probably an episode of Doctor Who. Do you know what I mean? Live my best life.
1: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. How's the weather? How's the late summer weather? Um, it's uh temperamental as mm-hmm. as ever. But I mean, we've been having some gorgeous weather and hopefully we'll have some gorgeous weather this weekend because it's Manchester Pride, so I'm hoping it'll be very sunny and gorgeous. Ooh. Uh, Do you have a stacked schedule for Manchester Pride? Well, I'm on the main stage with the Vivian, Veronica Green, and our friend Shania Payne giving you a little bit of a a drag pop girl group moment, uh, which will be lovely. And then after that, I'm going to get really drunk. Great. Terrific. That's the entire experience.
0: So... Um, I, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, well, I'd love to know about this uh, sadness you speak of. Yeah, that elicited. The We'd donuts. like to lift you out of it.
2: Oh, we're getting right into it. I think. Um, well, I've I've been self isolating, so it's been very sort of like sad, all by myself, kind of energy as well. And then also just like we've had a whole we've had a whole life with uh, with boys, with romance and stuff over the last however many months it's been which has been honestly ghastly um but like we power through do you know what i mean it'll be fine
1: mm-hmm. have to imagine uh drag race uk you know it amped
2: up the dating it did and it didn't it makes it actually quite difficult because it's hard to sort of like ascertain people's intentions um yeah. which mm. is a little bit tough but like people have definitely sort of uh cropped up a lot more uh the you know we we get a little every now and then now and then which is lovely Mm -hmm. um but you know it's usually uh people quoting drag race at me and i'm like i came here for penises but okay that's fine of your life Up in Manchester, after the show, when you go and get drunk, what is your drink of choice? Oh, it depends on the mood. This is how you can tell whether or not I'm having a gorgeous time or whether or not I'm just like, nah, let's just get it done. Um, mm-hmm. I do like a gin and tonic. Great. Because she's a, a a classy girl. If she's in the mood just to, like, have a ridiculous time, I will have a little Jager bomb. Oh, my. Oh. Yeah, disgusting. And also... Uh, it goes one of two ways. Either I have, like, a brilliant night and everyone else has a gorgeous time, or I, like, end up having an argument with someone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a very argumentative person. Yeah, they, it's usually someone that I already knew. Right. But the Jäger
0: bomb is going to take you to the next level, whether it's a good level or a bad level. Yeah. It's just inevitable. Definitely going to be next. Yeah. Up, down, we can't say.
1: Definitely next.
2: I sideways. That's the nature of the Jaeger bomb. Not always an option. Yeah. Hmm.
0: No, not with Jaeger. God bless. No. So, uh would love to hear your thoughts on the current season of All-Stars. <gasps>
2: oh. Any favorites? Any standouts? How are you feeling? Well, I've just watched the most recent episode, and I am a little bit gutted, but it's a stunning top four. I think it's. Oh, I'm
0: I'm I'm one behind. Oh, because ours just aired last night, so I don't know who the top four is yet. Oh, you need to get yourself on Wow Presents
2: Plus, dear. I, mm-hmm. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. I if only I knew someone at Wow who could help me. Joe, the way that um, I was on the show and then also had to pay, pay for my Wow Presents Plus subscription, I was like, surely someone could hook me up. I was on Drag Race, but
1: yeah. Oh we're we're on we're in the oh, wow So we're paying for our plus. But yeah, it's absolutely worth every penny. So worth it. Um yeah. We're shopping at the company store uh, <laughs> in that way. Uh so who is the top four? Do you mind if we spoil it,
2: Matt? You can let's mute. spoil it. So our top four are Returning Creed and Eureka Ohara, uh <sighs> Raja O'Hara, uh Kylie, and Ginger Minge. The
0: guy. Wow. Wow. Poor Trinity. Okay. I was not expecting that. I love Trinity. And I can't believe after that redemption story with Silky that she's not back with us. But if that's... I mean, no matter what, like, Silky will live in infamy forever
2: because of that. Well, Silky did that. Like, it's... no, Like, whether or not she comes back to the competition. Who... Achieves that level of, like, lip-sync ridiculousness throughout. And also, like, particularly her lip-sync against Jan. Jan came to fight. Yeah, Jan was, like, yeah. all guns blazing. And I was like, fair play, Jan. Like, you're not ducking out with, like, any disrespect. Silky just, like, did the most with a prop. So don't worry about it. Um, but it was just, like, it was iconic. And I do, I get why Eureka came back, because... That final lip sync, like Eureka, really delivered that. Yeah. What are your current lip sync songs of choice? Um, well, I don't lip sync. Surprise. Huh. Um, I, oh. I I sing live at my shows. So um, all right. <laughs> famously, my first my first proper lip sync that I ever did was episode three of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was fun. So I guess I guess probably still don't start now by Do A because that was. Me versus Astina, and it was. I think it was a pretty good lip sync, to be honest with you. I mean, it It sure was. Worked out pretty well for me. Not that anyone was expecting it. Uh, Right. I don't even think Rue was expecting it. We were all rooting for it. Oh, much appreciated. Um, So,
0: if you were a producer on the next season of UK after your experience there, if Rue sat you down and was like, Tia, I
2: need your advice, like, what should we do differently this time around? What would you say? Okay, first things first, I'm going to write the Rusical. That's what I want to do. I've done parody shows all Great. my life. So I want to write you a Doctor Who musical, full sci fi parody. It's going to be gorgeous. It'll be wonderful. Everyone will get into it. Also, Doctor Who's a BBC property, so don't worry about the legals. I've got you covered. Done. I think I would um, definitely want to increase the diversity of the cast, which I think we've achieved with season three uh, to a degree, because we've got the wonderful Victoria Scon on there, who is um, an AFAB performer, but we just refer to her as a drag queen, um, which is, I think, absolutely gorgeous. Victoria's the first cis woman on any drag race franchise anyway. So I think that's a lovely thing. And also, she's my drag daughter. Biased. Ooh. How, uh, tell us about the family. Who's in the family? Oh, we ad- we adopt all sorts of wastes and strays in the coffee household. Um, <laughs> we've got the lovely Victoria Scone, who will be representing on season three. Um, and I absolutely, truly believe she's going to smash it. Um, I've got a drag daughter called Psoriasis, um, who does have psoriasis, um, and they are a, a non-binary musical theatre performer, absolutely incredible, currently um, appearing in a production of Rent in Manchester, and they went on as Roger yesterday to cover the lead role. So that's pretty impressive. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lovely little wow. non-binary Roger in red, which is just iconic. My drag daughter sat there pretending to play the guitar with a full set of acrylic nails on. Gorgeous. Amazing. Amazing. It. Um, who else is? I'm, I'm in a drag girl group called The Vixens as well, which I haven't really uh, performed with for a long time because we've been busy. Uh, but my drag mm-hmm. sisters, Woe Adams and Pixie Polite are in that kind of holding down the fort while I'm away. And I've got lots of drag mothers as well, Rose Garden and Tanya Hyde, who are wonderful. Tanya Hyde. Yes.
1: God, these are the best names I've ever heard.
2: Well, it's British drag, and I I would definitely keep a lookout for Tanya Hyde, because the moment that she gets on Drag Race UK, she's going to shut it down. You don't want to get on the wrong side of Tanya. She's an absolute icon, and she will tell you exactly how she feels at any given moment. Uh, which is wow terrifying she's the ice queen. Oh, I can't wait so how has
0: your i mean if it has, how has your overall look and
2: approach to drag evolved since <clears throat> the show aired? Well, I've definitely got more time to get ready, so that's a plus um, <laughs> sure definitely that helps I think um a lot of people have been commenting saying that I've sort of experienced a glow up and things like that, but I think it's quite interesting for me because i I made a conscious decision when I went onto the show that I wanted to, for my runways at least, to just be a bit silly and camp and sort of a bit traditionally British drag. I didn't realise I was going to be on such a high fashion season with people sort of uh, turning looks left, right and centre. I thought I'd just dress as an ice cream cone and everyone would have a really nice time. Um, But... And we did. Yes. (laughs) It's camp. Um... But yeah, I've just sort of been able to come off the show, take a step back and sort of in a way do what I want. There is a bit of pressure because I have that basic label attached to me and that's something that I'm like constantly fearful someone's going to like turn around a corner and scream basic at me. Or like I'll be walking down the street with Joe Black and someone's going to scream about H&M, like that kind of thing. But um, (laughs) yeah, I I think we've had a little bit of a glow up. The makeup's definitely improved. But you've got like, you have to bear in mind it's been... Quite a while since we started filming the show, yeah. Um, and in that time, every drag performer, every drag artist evolves and grows and and makes uh, changes to things that sort of, you know, give you a bit of zhuzh, put a little pep in your step. Mm-hmm. And I know the experience
0: of doing it is very different than the experience of of watching it. But how did how did it feel watching yourself? How did you feel about you know your edit?
2: Oh, I. That's me. I was fine. Like, I think, you know, lots of people have different experiences with it. um, But I was quite happy because I it's just a really bizarre thing that like the things that make you different end up in a way being your star power is what Rue always says about sort of uniqueness and things like that. And I think I talk really weird, like I just have a weird turn of phrase, and like the things that I say are strange, and I am incapable of keeping thoughts to myself. I will just like it will fall out of my mouth and I'll be like i I'm thinking this today, and i don't know how to deal with it. I just like shout all my feelings at my friends all the time, and like that was basically my confessionals, and those were the moments that people really enjoyed, and like lots of things like i i I didn't realize that my sort of sewing challenge runway speech was going to be such a moment but i'm just honest you know what i mean i'm not going to sit there and be like i'm serving you a fierce 50s gown like no the outfit was awful <laughs> yeah, yeah. why would i pretend it's anything <laughs> else um so it's just really nice to get that sort of response from people for the things that i've always sort of felt were a bit different or a bit strange about me yeah and
0: it it is so just disarming to have somebody be like you know to not sort of like perform confidence the way that we are sort of told to do by today's culture I and mean, i i wanted to ask you just like about confidence and self-deprecation because i'm i'm very self-deprecating all the time and my friends are always sort of on me to like stop the negative self-talk and know my and I i honestly feel like everybody else could use a little less confidence sometimes. And and you see so much of that in, in Drag Race and you were kind of this like breath of fresh air <laughs> contrast to that, like not taking yourself too seriously. Um, I mean, is that accurate?
2: Yeah, I would say so. I think I have like, you know, like I, I get really nervous before I go on for a show because I al- always think about the audience or whatever and I don't want to let people down. But, like, as soon as I step on the stage, you're getting a show, end of. there's nothing I can do about it, it just happens. Um, but, like, I guess there's, like, a massive degree in com- of confidence that you have to have to be able to be a performer and get on stage and things like that. But I don't feel the need to, like, lie to myself or others. Like, if I'm feeling insecure about something, I, I'm i not going to sit there and be like, oh, kr- fierce slay mama hunty the boots down work like i'm gonna be like guys i'm really nervous about this like do, are you nervous about this like how do you feel about this should we should we make some changes like it's just like how i operate because it just has always made sense to me and i can i can definitely there are people who definitely kind of reinforced to me that i need a bit more confidence in myself and all of that kind of thing but we're all we're all a work in progress. Um, And I don't think it's, I don't know, I don't think it's uh, reasonable to assume that everyone should come out of the womb thinking that they're the best person ever on the planet because, one, that's mathematically impossible. Not everyone can be, Um, least of all when Beyonce exists. And two, like sometimes just sort of having a little realistic perspective on things is uh, advantageous to me. I mean, when I was eliminated from the show, I wasn't heartbroken or sort of reeling from from this this moment that it had been taken away from me i was like i actually did pretty well that's really good like lots of people don't get on the show at all well done yeah it's just it's just yeah. quite nice
1: yeah and you served us a leatherman look on the runway that who does that
2: well i mean i wanted to take it from mask from mask to fem so uh I, get- that was i gasped <laughs> It was, and it was a reveal. I maintain to this day, people mm-hmm. read me for my runways. But point one, rewatch the reveal runway and tell me that everyone else didn't take half an hour to take their first outfit off. Mine came straight off. Mm-hmm. Was the dress underneath mm-hmm. disgusting? Yes, but it was a reveal. <laughs> but
1: yes, it's what I come to drag for. It's mm. beautiful. Um, tell us about your single, Outside In. <gasps>
2: Oh my goodness, Um, Outside In was my first song that I released after the show, and it was Uh really, really lovely to sort of like get out there and be like, this is what I do, this is what I'm good at, this is what I want to put into the universe, Um, and Uh it's done very well. We've had, um, I think at this point it's had half a million streams on Spotify alone, which is gorgeous, Um, but I've actually, I've got an EP coming out in September. Come on. So lots more, lots more music from me. I won't be giving up um i'll be I'll be giving you lots of bops, lots of sort of like eighties retro uh bops coming from me,
1: yeah, I was gonna ask what is what is the inspiration? What is the coffee sound
2: oh, I like to say that I'm the dual leaper of drag, um which is well when I'm performing my music, I'm the dual leaper of drag, otherwise i'm the Tracy Beaker of drag, which is a very UK reference. I'm not sure if that, that, it's a children's Yeah, that one went right over my head. Oh, it's a kids TV show in the UK um, about this like Larry girl with curly hair who just screams bog off at everyone, uh, which is oh, very gosh. my energy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is fun. But um, yeah, the sound is sort of like, I really like uh, that kind of 80s moment and that sort of synthy sound has always been uh, something that I've really loved to listen to. And I feel like it's very, Mm -hmm. very relevant at the moment with the 80s kind of being Mm -hmm. a a little trend. So kind of bringing that back, giving it a little synthy bop to start your day.
0: Oh, good. We need it. And uh, the EP is called Part 1, The Damage, which means I'm assuming a Part 2 is forthcoming,
2: which is very exciting.
0: But um, how did you choose that title?
2: (laughs) Um, That title came about because I sort of realized that the songs... um, that i put on this first ep were kind of telling a story about how i was feeling in that moment in time which was very much like a little bit broken to be honest um and having a bit of sort of a bit of a dip in my confidence and a lot of things sort of like happening to me that i thought were quite damaging and not very helpful to me sort of uh being my peppy upbeat self which is pretty hard but it's also allowed me to sort of put that creative energy into things and come up with this part one that's the damage and part two which has a different title which hopefully fixes everything on the first one so it's sort of like a bit of a call and response moment which now i say it out loud i'm giving you very taylor swift energy i don't know if all these boys know which lines in which songs are written about them but sorry Ooh. about it <laughs> Hmm. I'm sure one or two Ooh. of them will figure it out soon. The world's coffeeologist will pour over the lyrics and try and piece it together. I love that pour over the lyrics. There were multiple layers of pun there. That was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. Oh, yeah. Not intended, although maybe it was. Yeah, take maybe it. it was divine take ordained. it. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's <laughs> hard to say. What do you uh what do you listen to? What's your like what's on your daily playlist? Oh, I listen to a massive range of things. Um mm-hmm. I love a bit of David Bowie. Um, But then also I listen to like a surprising amount of Muse Um, and sort of like, yeah, mm. <laughs> strangely. Um, And then also I'm definitely like a 90s pop baby for sure. And there are a lot of British artists who I like always just sort of like rediscover. And I'm like, oh, does anyone remember that Billy Piper had a music career before she was in Doctor Who and then became an actress? No, I do, however. Um, So I love a bit of that. Um, I am a massive Dua Lipa fan, huge listener of Little Mix, like a massive Little Mix fan. Um, yeah. Just really eclectic and a bit of panic at the disco. Why not? Why not?
1: Why not? We are we are speaking uh, around the 20th anniversary of Sugar Babes Overload, which did not happen in the States. And every time I play it for someone, especially the video, it's like... This is the most perfect thing that ever happened.
2: I d- did they not make it over to you in the States? They never did. They never did. Oh, there's still time. Come on, Mutia, Kisha, Siobhan. Absolutely. Come on, get it in gear. You can do it. I can. Oh, the sugar babes are iconic. Yeah. Incredible. Mm. Incredible.
1: Um, That overload video is like, it's just, it's magnificent. They're all like, none of them ever smile. Mm. They're They're angry. You can tell
2: they already don't like each other. It's beautiful. They just absolutely did not care. And even, like, their vocal delivery sounds like they're about to fall asleep. And it's just the most gorgeous combination of, like, everything together. Just like, why did you do it then if you didn't want to be here? (laughs) It was wonderful. (laughs) I think they met in church. Oh, my God. I might might have made that story up, but I think they met in, like, a church choir or something. Or Mitya and Keisha (laughs) met in a church choir. Oh, didn't
1: want to be there. Started a career they didn't want. God bless them. God bless them. <laughs> well, Matt, summer went by in the snap of a finger. That's right. This, this hot vac summer. It came, it went. My God. But, you know, even as the seasons change, there's more time ahead to catch up with friends, to hang out, have a, you know, sit around a fire pit on a chilly evening. You know, um, uh, get yourself on a, on a nice uh, you, you, uh, part of the beach. There's still time. There's still time to hang out with your friends and enjoy a little sip, a little sip of Miller Light, the perfect drink
0: for just doing you. No need for faking. Absolutely not. You, you thought Miller Light was the drink of summer. It is the drink of fall. Oh, it's a drink for all seasons. And in a world of endless scrolling through delivery options, uh, you know what you're getting because- Miller Lite is what it is. It's beer. And it will always be the best beer for people who like beer. And you can depend on that. Listen, listen to this. Great taste. 96 calories, Uh, 3.2 ounces of
1: carbohydrate per can or bottle. Yum. I like those numbers. Um, Here's the deal. Next time you are getting ready to enjoy some cold, frosty ones with your friends, go to millerlightcom forward slash homophilia to find delivery options near you. You need not leave the
0: home to get your Miller Lite. But of course you can. You can find Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell a beer. It's Miller Celebrate night. responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Am I right that you studied philosophy?
2: I attempted to study philosophy and theology, yes. Attempted
0: and then pivoted.
2: I I didn't quite... Sorry, the the long story of my uh, tertiary education, uh, higher education, is that I originally applied to do law and then missed my grades. And then I ended up going to Nottingham to do French and German, and then didn't want to go on my year abroad. So I changed to philosophy and theology, two subjects that I'd never done before in my life. But I was like, I love thinking about things. Um, and then I started doing it. And they were like, oh, you need to read this book and write this essay about something that someone's already said. And I was like, I I came here to have arguments and make up my own mind about things. Why are you making me just parrot what people have already decided is thought? Um, And I got too frustrated with it and ended up just doing, uh, completing two years of my degree and then being like, kidding, bye. Uh, I'm not finishing it. I think that there could be a a tea and coffee philosophy course taught, frankly. I'd I'd read it. I'd
1: sit for it. No question.
2: I'd love that. I mean, everyone's got their own thoughts, feelings, and emotions about the world. It's just very confusing to me that, like, just because people did it a while ago, they're the most right. Like, I can independently come up with my own feelings about all of that kind of stuff. Also, why did I... I know why I did theology. Theology is very interesting. Yeah, but did you grow up with religion? Or what's your relationship to it? Um, To some extent, but I think... I find religion really fascinating because I feel like it's basically history, but unlike history, it gives you a cultural understanding of the people at the time. So like you can look at history and sort of have these facts about the world and things that definitely happened. But when you look at religion, you get a much wider context of like what things meant. And you sort of like think around, think around the Bible and the old Testament and things like that. And how people, priests were the most educated people and so they were essentially just gatekeepers to knowledge so the knowledge that these people had became sort of religious concepts like don't eat pork well that's just because pigs like aren't very well kept and they're pretty dirty so you're probably going to get sick but now it's become like don't eat pork because there are religious reasons behind it i just find that all completely fascinating because we can essentially trace things back to like uh logic and reason but because it's tradition, everyone's just like, Oh, I'm I'm gonna ignore that and just continue to believe that God said it. Controversial statements coming out of my mouth today. I love it. I'm here for it. What does the mug say? Um, the mug says, Don't let the muggles get you down, which was purchased before Thank you. before J.K. Rowling was a transphobe. Um, but I feel mm. like I can sort of maintain this and reclaim it in my own way while not supporting her financially or emotionally
0: you've earned the right i mean you you were famously in a harry potter movie (laughs) unseen
2: extra hufflepuff student
1: (laughs) yeah so how do you how do you how do you feel about the whole thing now how can you
2: continue to be a harry potter fan i think it's really difficult because you can't you can't just delete your childhood and people are very passionate about these kinds of things but i feel like you you know we had those books and we had those films and they're massively a part of people's lives we just don't have to continue to support this woman who doesn't support our community there's no need to sort of uh take away the things that were created and mean so much to people you can just ignore everything that she does from now on her ridiculous tweets the people that she follows the things that she wants to say just don't give her the energy she doesn't she doesn't need it she's got enough money at this point just go and live in a cottage somewhere and leave me alone jk exactly why the k doesn't even stand for anything she just made it up
1: she just put it in there why even uh, it seems so strange so odd and self-destructive for her to behave the way that
2: she's behaving when it's no one's set up better to just live well and be quiet well sometimes people don't know the art of just being quiet um, cause I think, yeah. I think people get quite like emboldened and like brazen about things when you get to a certain point where you just sort of think, oh, whatever I can do what I want, I'm this person. And the reality is like, no, you can't because you've got this massive platform and it's incredibly harmful and actually a million times worse. And just sort of goes to prove that maybe in a way she never really cared about anyone other than herself. And do you know what? that's probably an excellent way to live your life because if you don't care about anyone else, you're just going to have a gorgeous time. Unfortunately, I don't want to be like that and don't want to behave like that because I think other people are incredibly important and everyone deserves to be uh, loved and looked after and cared for and, and treated well. But I don't know, I hope she's having a lovely time jumping into her pool of coins like Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) <laughs> talk us through a gorgeous night in clapham if you're going out oh if you're going out there are lots of places in clapham clapham sort of it's just a part of south london so like you've got the option of going into town you can go to soho you can visit heaven gay all of the amazing places around there halfway to heaven shout out um clapham however pop to the bridge get some cheeky cocktails. Have a little smile and a wave at someone you probably snogged two weeks before and it's awkward. Um, And then go to the Brewers for a gorgeous night where you'll see some wonderful drag, um, some incredible people. Some of my friends perform there all the time, like Poppy Cock, who is an absolute treat uh, to watch perform. Um, And just, yeah, get some sort of reasonably priced drinks, maybe. I mean, if you want a single, you have to ask for a single because they automatically serve you a double. They know what they're doing. Um, oh, but okay, Bar knows what's love up. Love that. Exactly. But it's an absolutely gorgeous time. I would recommend some honey tequila. Mm. Yeah, really delicious. I'm not a tequila fan, but it goes down unnecessarily smooth.
1: Oh,
0: my. Honey tequila sounds problematic. That sounds great. It
2: does. I eight
0: thirty in the morning here and I'm ready for some. Yeah.
2: I think it's very... It's like... This is maybe like a cultural thing, because when I hear Americans talk about shots, it's like a big thing. Like, oh, my God, are we going to take a shot? Whereas, like, in in London, you just, like, walk in and you're like, okay, well, I bought 20 Jager bombs. You get the next round. Are we doing tequila after that? Brilliant. Does, I am making it sound like we've got a problem culturally. Maybe we do. But, um... Not at all. makes it sound like you just got it figured out. (laughs) We just—you set aside the next day already. You might as well make use of the evening. Yes. Um, so I'd love to go back, if we can,
0: to the, um, the 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 ghastly behavior by men that we touched on in the beginning of the conversation. I love this for me. Anything else you can tell us about, like what's going on there? What's the current
2: status? Um, we're we're offensively single and ready to mingle. Shout out to all my singletons out there. Please do slip into my DMs. Um I'm ready. Oh, it'll happen. <laughs> but um yeah, I've had a bit of a difficult time recently. I uh was I don't think I've ever, ever told anyone about this. Um so I actually was in a relationship of four years at the mm. start of filming Drag Race. Oh, um, and then when we had our big break, I fa- found out lots of things about the other person who I'm still friends with this to, the, to this day, so I won't bring them up. But we ended up having a really difficult breakup, which was pretty horrible because that was someone that I genuinely believed that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And then, you know, found out this uh, information um, and oh sort of realized that it wasn't for me. So when I sort of came back, I was already really trying to power through and then finding out that veronica wasn't able to come back which i uh, didn't know a thing about because unfortunately veronica green sticks to the rules (laughs) Um, yeah and decided that she wouldn't inform me of that so i sort of walked in and that was like an absolutely crippling sort of double blow so my ability to keep my head in that competition and really sort of turn it out like i know i can was uh near impossible to be honest with you so that was really difficult yeah how do you do it you get sent home two episodes later that's what you do um, yeah well
1: but i mean but how you know when you are when you're doing a show and you know your personal life is is a bit rocky how do you how do you manage what do you tell yourself
2: um do you know what it's really really um it's really really important to me to like entertain the audiences and then um and and to sort of, like, focus on that, it's something that doesn't, like, factor into my head when I'm on stage. Yeah. The rest of the time, it can be quite difficult.
1: Yeah, what are you, like, just before you're about to go on stage, what's your, what's your self-talk?
2: <laughs> I, it depends who's, like, with me. If I'm sort of doing a show that's sort of surrounded by my friends and stuff, and just really want to have a camp time and support, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, like, it's very new to me to be going to all these different places around the country and stuff like that, so... I'm often there with uh, a friend. <laughs> Sometimes it does require a little, you look great, you're going to smash it, and stuff like that. And then I'll mm-hmm. go on stage and just turn it out, do my thing and have a gorgeous time. Um, but it's what right. I love to do. And it's it's hopefully something that, you know, the audiences love as well. What was your first time in drag all about? At my first time in drag... Well, my first time performing in drag was as part of a musical called Saucy Jack and the Space Vixens. Okay, tell me everything. Oh. So that was a musical. I saw it at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I thought it was amazing. But they weren't having any auditions for it. So I, of course, being the person that I am, just decided I was going to produce it myself and cast myself in the part that I wanted, uh, which happened to be a drag role. Um, and it's set in a bar. So I walked into a bar called The Two Brewers in Clapham yeah. They said that we could do it there. Then I ended up getting a tap on my shoulder to enter a competition called Drag Idol. Really didn't know what it was. Didn't want to do it on my own because I was too nervous. So I started a drag girl group with two other people from the show. We ended up getting to the final out of about 200 people. And in that final, we were beaten by Danny Beard, who came first. The Vixens, the girl group that I'm in, came second. And Something One came third. Wow. Wow. I am officially a best drag queen than something wrong. thank you. Uh, but um yeah, it was it was a wild ride that sort of just created this whole journey. And it's bizarre because I didn't even I, I'd never been to Clapham at the point that we did that show. I literally just happened to see this bar with the lights on and walked in bold as brass, twenty three, twenty-four or whatever, and just was like, I'd like to do a show here, can I? And they said yes. Um, and now I've like lived in Clapham for four years, perform at the Brewers. It's like, you know, felt so much support from the two Brewers and halfway to heaven in Charing Cross and like starting my career. And it's just it's my whole job now. So I owe lots of people, uh, lots of presents and hugs and cuddles. That's awesome. That is a gorgeous time. It is. It is a really gorgeous time. It's It's wild to sort of reflect on that and sort of see how far you've come. Because people seem to spring, yeah. spring out of the womb, perfect drag queens now. Yeah. But not when I started, not back in my day.
1: Yeah. People have grown up with Drag Race. People, you know, watch Drag Race when they're 12. I can't imagine having that.
2: It's wild. There is um there is a drag queen in Margate called Miss OTT, um and their name is Miles out of drag. And the first time they ever got up and performed was when they were seeing me last year with uh, one of the other vixens performing and we dragged Miles up uh, lip-synced Davina's verse of the Frog Destroyers mm-hmm. and they did all these tricks and splits and all of this kind of stuff fast forward a year, I'm back at Margate Pride and who's performing? Age 13 Miss OTT 13? In full drag. Come on 13, a 13 uh... year old, or maybe possibly 12, a 13 year old drag performer completely inspired by Drag Race getting up there, lip-syncing UK Hun. And all of that kind of thing from series two. And it's just incredible to see someone so young performing in drag at a Pride event with their absolutely incredible family around them. Um, Miles' mum is like so supportive and absolutely wonderful uh and miles's brother is always there with his girlfriend sort of like filming and all of that kind of thing miles's straight brother who's really hot by the way but you know there's not much i can do about that live your life miles's brother your girlfriend's gorgeous as well but yeah they're just so incredible and so supportive and like watching that like it just it really shows you how how far we've come and reminds you how far we've yet to go don't rest on your laurels everyone
1: absolutely talk us through manchester pride what's happening this weekend
2: ah uh, manchester pride is one of the biggest pride events in the uk and um so many incredible performers coming down to manchester pride um i'm going to be performing on the main stage and i can't wait with uh lots of people i'm going to get to see all my friends who are going to be there Going to have a really wonderful time i haven't seen cherry valentine since we filmed the show basically so i'm going to get to see cherry which I can't wait for unless she avoids me and doesn't text me back, in which case, Cherry, thus on you. I I clearly want to hang out with you. Um, But I can't wait. It's going to be wonderful. I have planned my two outfits for out of drag as well. Great. Because we've got to look cute. It's pride. Do you know what I mean? And I've got my outfit for the main stage as well, which hopefully will arrive at 9 a.m. tomorrow because I'm leaving at 7 a.m. the next day. So if it doesn't, then I've got no time to rhinestone it, which would be awful. It would be a disaster. Oh, my God.
1: I do. In this, are we in the rhinestoning station? Just for the listener, we are. We are surrounded by wigs and a form.
2: We are. We've got a. The wig wall is behind us. The wig boxes are also there. The table of oh my goodness, I need to deal with these costumes is over there. It's it's a lovely dining table. Yeah. That I was intending to become a sewing table. Then I realized that I really really. Can't so. Uh so now it's just a ta- a mound. It's a mountain of nonsense, of things that I need to deal with. And never will. Um and then yeah, over here we've got a little rhinestoning area. Over here we've got a kettlebell and two little weights which Ooh. have been touched once in the two years that I've owned them. Well, it's never too late to do those swings. Uh yeah, I mean that's a good point. Whether or not I take you up on that advice is Is another thing. It's there. Um, Who were your style inspirations starting to do, like growing up? Who
1: was like, ooh, that's, that's it?
2: That's a good question. When it came to drag, because I started out in a sort of girl group, we always tried to work our aesthetic out around the aesthetic of girl bands and things. So I was always the one, ugh, when I started drag, I don't even want to talk about it. I was the one who like scraped back my hair, had a clip-on fringe and then a clip-on ponytail giving you like a yeah, little, you did. little crop top, giving you some sporty spice energy. And then throughout the competition, realized that I was probably posh spice energy. So a lot of pointing and pouting. Very, very me. Mm-hmm. It took me quite a while until I actually finally wore like a full wig because I would always have like the front bit of my hair involved in it and, and anyone who's like 19 and thinks that they've been doing drag the most for the longest time it was a different time stop judging me um, <laughs> you you came out of the womb with a lace front um, but um yeah definitely like that sort of girl group aesthetic and to this day that's something that sort of really impacts me so like even my manchester pride outfit i've sort of loosely taken from um little mixes wasabi costumes from their tour and things like that, giving you a bit of leopard print as well as a little nod to the Melby snatch game that never should have been. Oh, now, Tia, now, Tia,
1: this is negative self talk and I won't have it.
2: Oh, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Wouldn't you rather be iconically bad than just like wishy washy in the middle? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I fully agree. I thought I was fine and shouldn't have been in the bottom, but I don't get to make the decision. So, I, I was in the bottom dress as a pterodactyl, but I got sent home by the winner, which in my head means I came second. Yeah. 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 You can. That's math. You can take so, that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No question. And there will be a redemption. I mean, we all know that it's only a matter of time before there's a, a UK All Stars or a. I'd like to see an All Stars crossover. Like, I want to see you and Bimini yeah. with Simone and
2: Silky and, you know? Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? What are we waiting for? It'd just be me a bit. It'd just be a free meet and greet for me at that point, wouldn't it? It'd be gorgeous. I'd have a great yeah, time. Yeah, I'm like such a Drag Race fan, so like I'm so embarrassing when I meet people.
0: Who are you like m- most in touch
2: with from the the U.S. side of the Drag Race universe? Oh, interesting. I've had like lots of interactions um, with U.S queens i think the person that i probably speak to the most from across the pond not necessarily the us season is priyanka Mm -hmm. and also scarlet bobo from canada who are both like absolutely wonderful people and were really really supportive because obviously we had that production break in the middle and weirdly the thing that kept me going throughout was watching drag race canada and sort of still having that energy of watching something a bit similar and being like, oh, my God, that's me. I'm I'm doing that. I'm in the middle of doing that. So that helped me focus when I was rhinestoning the pterodactyl costume. And then you couldn't see any of the rhinestones on the runway. Don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> um, but yeah, they've been really, really lovely. Um, I haven't actually got to have I worked with any of the U.S. queens yet? We've been in the middle of a global panettone, so not really. Um, (laughs) But I'm looking forward to sort of having that opportunity. I've had loads of really lovely interactions with like La La Ree and lots of them. But I, I genuinely fangirl. I'm like, what do I say? This person just messaged me. What do I do? Like, especially when it's all announced and you've got all these people welcoming you to the family and things like that. It's just like a little bit sort of, overwhelming like me getting a message from Shea Coulee and I'm like I do not deserve this <laughs> but you do <laughs> of course you do and the larger question Tia is
1: when are you coming to visit us in the US
2: oh I hope as soon as possible I've never been so I need to hop over there okay we gotta fix that we gotta fix that you gotta come all the way out to LA <gasps> yes. then you can work your way back well maybe if there's a drag con or something coming up I'll mm-hmm. I'll get the opportunity to come over who knows? Great. We look forward to hosting you. In
1: person. You'll have to take me around the town. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perhaps the World of Wonder uh, performance space will be open by then. Oh, yeah. it's that a thing? We're ready.
0: We're ready. It's, it's going to be pu- a thing. going to be a thing eventually. We'll do yeah. some live yeah. shows there. Watch this space, yeah. in Los Angeles. And, and then ahead. we'll take you out afterward for some Jaeger bombs and um, honey tequila.
2: Oh, gorgeous. My treat.
0: Great. <laughs> Good. It's settled. Tea Coffee, you are a treasure enjoy manchester oh thank you thank you so much time. for doing this and everybody needs to uh pre-order the damage wherever you get your music
2: oh please do do it treat yourself yeah, to a little a little uh a little musical sensation well that was a bit arrogant Come wasn't on. it i like it
1: no it wasn't no it wasn't that was positive self-talk to you <laughs> keep it up i'll do my best Homophilia is a World of Wonder production produced
0: and edited by Kate Moldenhauer. Special thanks to Randy Barbato, Fenton Bailey, Stephen Sims, Edward Bochniak, and the whole team at World of Wonder. We love you. And theme music by my Ben Wise. Yes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HomophiliaPod. You can give us a five-star review uh, on Apple Podcasts. Hmm. Thank you for listening. We love you.